From the shadow of Rockford Tower, behind enemy lines, in the belly of the Delaware Way Beast, uh, this is your Highlands Bunker Podcast. Hello. Uh, before we get to the uh, show tonight, I want to uh, make an announcement. Next week, we are going to be uh, interviewing the author of a new book called What's the Matter with Delaware? Uh, basically, it's about the LLCs, the corporate state, the franchise, the Delaware Way, there's a lot of history in it. I'm about 175 pages into it. Uh, it's written by Hal Weitzman. We're going to interview him next week. What I've arranged through Hal and through Princeton University Press is to get five signed copies of the book. And after we air the, uh, the program, uh, we're going to do a random drawing of anybody who is a $5 a month or greater patron at the Patreon, patreon.com slash the Highlands Bunker. You put $5 in there a month. You're there on June 15th, whatever it is. We're going to draw. You could get yourself a signed copy of Hal Weitzman's book, What's the Matter with Delaware? Now, comrades and friends, I want to introduce uh, our guest this evening. He is a Wilmington native, a real city native, um, and he is uh, currently uh, the co-chair of the Delaware chapter of DSA. Is that right? Did I get that right? Okay, because I, I didn't want to do, um, <clears throat> I didn't want to forget our friend Philip. Um, Jonathan Tate. Jonathan, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm good. And um, yeah, gl- glad to be here. Glad to be back in, in my home city. Um, so, so fun fact, I was, actually, I was born in Christiana Hospital, so everything on my birth certificate and passport and everything says Newark. And that just really irks me a lot, but <laughs> no, yeah. doing do, doing good. Glad to glad to be on my first podcast ever with anybody. So well, thanks then, for bringing me on. There you go. We like we like breaking the duck in here for sure. Um, well, I mean, before we get to um, DSA stuff, and I kind of want to talk a little bit about sort of just local issues, and also maybe uh, today, uh, just to sort of mark the date for everybody, was election was primary day in Pennsylvania. And I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Um, looks like uh, Fetterman um, did what he needed to do and got the job done, even even after a little health scare. Um, but there, but Malcolm Kenyatta was an important candidate in the sense of um, just organizing, um, getting people behind sort of a demarcation between one kind of Democrat and another kind. Um, but first, before we do that. Um, where exactly did you grow up? Like, what was it like? Um, you know, what was, uh, you know, uh, how did it sort of shape your ideas, um, you know, going into young adulthood and any political ideas? Um, okay. So, so I grew up, um, in the Northwest, uh, uh, on the uh, 800 block of West, um, 22nd. So between, uh, Franklin and Harrison streets, um, the closest landmark are probably Sally's, um, I mean, I would say that, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of interesting. It was, it was very, very interesting mix of people, you know, growing up in that part of Wilmington, you know, it was definitely, uh, I mean, it was, it was the type of place where you would have like, you know, abandoned houses and like crack dealers, but then, you know, some of your neighbors would be, you know, like lawyers or college professors too. It was very, uh, you know, very, very, uh, you know, very mixed racially, you know, very, very mixed economically. Um, so, you know, I, I think it really, um, you know, shaped my view and just, you know, being, being exposed to, you know, a wide variety of people, you know, growing up in a, in a major, majority minority neighborhood. Um, it was also interesting because I, I was a scholarship kid out in the, the suburbs in, in private school, uh, in elementary school. I, I did not go to, uh, I did not go to Warner. Um, you know, so that, that obviously, you know, affected, affected me too, because, you know, I got to see, you know, how differently, uh, you know, the kids out there lived, you know, like how, like, hey, all the kinds of opportunities that, that they had that, you know, maybe I had because, you know, at least I had, you know, a parent with a car that could take me out to the suburbs, but, you know, a lot of my friends growing up in the city didn't have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, I, I liked growing up there, um, but I mean, it was, you know, it was obviously, you know, tough to compare that with like, you know, the kids in the suburbs because it was like, you know, they would have like lawns and like, you know, their parents wouldn't have to like worry about their safety as much, you know, so they, they kind of had, you know, most of my friends from school had a lot more freedom than I did. Um, 
but yeah, no, it was you know de definitely definitely a tight knit community of uh, you know every uh, every imaginable kind of person. Yeah, I mean not to blow up his spot too much, but uh, our friend uh, Lex Wilson and a couple other um, you know sort of legacy or previous um, news journal people have lived over in that neighborhood, um, so I've hung out there qu quite a bit. Um, triangle. And, yeah, I I actually lived in a triangle for a year. Um, when at, at 19th and Monroe from 2010 to 2000, no, 2009 to 2010 or 2010 to 2011, something like that. About okay. 12 years ago, I lived. Yeah, I lived on a house. I did not know it at the time, but it was like literally maybe three houses from um, John uh, Carney's house. Yep, yep, Carney. Uh, yeah, Carney. I played played a little league with his kids actually. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. It's funny. I don't know how I didn't know it because I remember the first. I was living in like a second floor apartment. And at the corner there, it snowed uh, really bad twice that winter. I mean, over a foot, like huge amounts of snow. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we were off from school for a week. Like yeah. They were talking about, you know, canceling spring break and everything. It was... Yeah, it was a huge amount. And I remember there being, like, announcements. And I couldn't tell if it was coming from the park, but it was, like, right on the street, like emergency announcements. And they cleared that intersection with, like, heavy equipment, like, quick. Like, it was the it was clear. I was like, "Wow, that was cool if they did that." Well, now I know why they why they did it. But yeah, I had no idea at the time. He's probably lucky I didn't know. <laughs> but I I, I I dig that place. Um, so DSA, when did you join? What was the motivating factor? Like, what what do you, what was like the first thing you thought about? Um, just like initially when you were like, "I'm going to go check this thing out." Yeah. So it, I mean, it started uh, you know pr pretty randomly. Um, so. Um, you know, one of my uh, one of my friends from uh, from Wilmington growing up, um, she actually shared a Facebook post of the Delaware DSA, and no, I, I had heard of DSA before. Uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, I think you know every politically active person had you know once once AOC got elected, um, you know, but I I had no idea you know really much about it or you know I had no idea that Delaware had a chapter or anything so. So anyway, so you know, I, I like their I like their Facebook page, you know, and then uh, you know the uh, I get invited, yeah, you know, because I got invited to from from liking their post. I mean, yeah. and then um, uh, Andy Powers, the uh, our former uh, former chair, who's now our uh, Southern Delaware branch chair for Kent and Sussex counties, um, you know, he messaged me and you know said. Uh, you know, asked me if I had you know any interest in joining, and I'm like, well, you know, uh, you know, this was uh, you know, this this was uh, like later in 2020, so I think it was like right before the Working Families Party in Delaware really became much of a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so I was like, well, you know, I'm obviously you know to the left of like the Delaware Democrats, so the these people seem like you know, yeah, you know, they seem like good people to sign up with, you know, so I uh. You know, dues were like you know ten dollars a month or something. So I'm like, okay. And then, um, you know, started you know going to the meetings. Uh, you know, not all the time, but you know, pretty pretty regularly. And then, like you know, two or three months into this thing, you know, Andy says, you know, you I really like you. You know, you you seem really smart and you know like a really educated guy. And I I want you to be my successor, basically. So this was this was like not planned out from day one, but like. This this was planned pretty early. It actually, um, Andy could have served another term, and that that was the initial plan for was for me to take over next year. But he he got you know he got busy with work and school and getting married and everything. So you know, understandably, he he didn't have as much time. So he he uh, stepped not totally down, but to to the lower position. Uh, and then I uh, you know ended up taking it over with Philip. Nice. When you say, let's flesh it out a little bit, like. <laughs> uh, say you're to the left of a Delaware Democrat, like what? What, what does that? What, I I know what I mean, and I know what people generally mean. But what did it mean to you when you're when you sort of were looking for something um, that was going to do grassroots organizing, uh, more geared towards working people, more geared towards um, you know anti-capitalist than market solutions say or whatever what was was there specific things where you're like yeah i want to i'm actually interested in in signing up because of something um 
I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to point to like one specific yeah. issue. No, I'm I'm sorry. I, I wish no. I, I wish I could hash it out more no. for you. I mean, I would some say... people like. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying I didn't know if you did. If there was a particular, um, like campaign or a particular issue or a particular like politician or like some people. Um, I, I think some people come to it I, 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 completely differently. You know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I'd been a little bit involved with, like, phone banking for the, the Jessica Rain campaign back in 2020. Oh, nice. But this would have been, I did not join DSA until, like, I didn't even start the process of, like, any of the yeah. story I just told you until at least, like, probably a month after that. Yeah. Um, so you already knew, like, from a Jess, from a from that Senate campaign, you already kind of knew an insurgent leftist campaign is the... Is, is the way to go. That's where your head was at. Right. No, no, no. For, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no doubt. No doubt. You know, but I, I just really wasn't aware of, you know, much in the way of, like, you know, insurgent leftists, like, organized stuff in Delaware. You know, I just knew you know, there was there was the Carrie Evelyn Harris campaign. Yep. Yeah, you know, and then there was the, um, you know, the Jess, Jessica Rain campaign. Yeah. I mean, this is why I'm, I was interested to talk to you about DSA in Delaware, because we talk a lot about um, Working Families Party, obviously, Carl's a big part of that in coordinating it. Uh, it's shown, you know, incredible growth. Um, other organization, uh, well, uh, Delaware United, which was uh, another organization doing av progressive advocacy and progressive campaign work, have now merged with uh, Working Families Party. And we talk about that all the time. But I think um, DSA definitely has a place um, in that, like, ecosystem right now to do some of the things that, we certainly need to do. Um, so, yeah, what what are some of the things you guys are doing now and then leading up to a campaign season um, that, you know, is going to be a little uh, like a, a little challenge to the status quo? Yeah. So, um, I mean, we're, we're mainly focused on uh, legislative work, uh, you know, and uh, just uh, for our listeners from out of state, the the led uh, the legislative uh, session is from uh, the fir for the first half of the year in Delaware. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're probably going to start focusing more electorally after that, like, come, you know, uh, you know, July, you know, mid-July, whenever everybody's done filing for the primaries, because our, our primaries in Delaware are ridiculously late for some reason. They don't, they don't happen until, uh, September, except for presidential primaries, of course. Um, you so know, what, what, are the, say, what are the leg halls? What, what's the what are some of the legislative stuff that you're working heavy? Because I mean, the legislature will be in session another month or so. Um, yeah. what, what What do you think? What do you think's on the table? Because I I'm inter a, a lot of things are sort of seem like I mean, Leobor looks like it's dead. Leobor reform. Yeah. No. We 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 were we were definitely against that that substitute bill, and we we helped uh, you know work and get uh, most of our uh, you know certainly. Um, uh, s some of our, you know, DSA members and DSA endorsed people in the legislature, uh, you know, to, to take their names off of that. Um, you know, so that, that, um, you know, of course our, uh, you know, all of our endorsed and member electeds in the legislature helped pass the, uh, family and medical leave act, um, you know, which was probably more watered down than, than is ideal, but, you know, it's still, you know, really a first in the, in the nation step, uh, which I think is, is really cool. Cause that, that doesn't happen in Delaware much. Delaware's kind of we're we're kind of first at being like eighteenth to twenty second in like everything. Yeah, I mean, you talk <laughs> talk about being not first in the nation and and watered down. Uh, so the, the the watered down marijuana legislation that took away all the financial aspects and all of the like the the retail aspects and just basically legalized an ounce for everybody. Uh, it's still on the governor's desk, so far as I know. Um, and so he could ignore it. Uh, or he could veto it or he could sign it. He has three options, and if he ignores it, it also will become law because the legislature's in session. Um, what, I mean, what's your, what's your prediction? What do you think is going to come of it? I think he has another week. I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's tough to say. You know, I, I, mean, I know he's come out strongly against it, but, I mean, obviously that's, you know, a, a bad move and a bad look, you know, going into Democrats for the midterm season. I mean, I, I think I think any of the three possibilities is likely. I mean, if you if you put a gun to my head, I'd say, you know, maybe 37, 40 percent chance as the favorite. You know, he just, you know, does a pocket pass, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm if I was I'm leaning towards that because it's it's the perfect carny 
sort of thing because he doesn't have to do anything. Middle of the road. Nothing. Not even. Don't it rock doesn't the even, boat. Doesn't even have to be like middle of the road. He just doesn't. Not even he, on he, the he road. He doesn't have to act. He gets, <laughs> it requ- literally it requires no action. No comment, <laughs> no nothing. This is perfect John Carney because it requires zero from a zero. Do you know what I mean? So that's why I, th- I, that's why I was sort of leaning towards that because I think that's like that's in his nature uh, to do nothing, um, just because he doesn't care. Like I, I don't I don't necessarily think he he cares about. I think for being I think the the constituency that he has or that Democrats have going into a campaign season it doesn't matter. It's not an issue that they're going to vote on. Like, it's not. A, I don't think. I don't think people who voted for John Carney give a shit what he's going to like. You know what he what he doesn't do. So I, I have. I don't know, but I I suspect uh, he'll just sort of pocket pocket it, do nothing, and it'll pass that way. Carl, did you make did you make a prediction on this? I mean, we still have like we still have a week, right? Let's see what he does. For the Carney veto? Yeah, for the for the pot veto. Oh yeah, I think he will, especially since it's um it's got the votes to override the veto. Oh it does. See, I thought the votes to override the veto I guess because oh, they didn't have the votes to pass the financial thing, but they have the votes to override it in this form. For this one, yeah. For this one. Because it's uh you only need three fifths to override the veto, not two thirds. So oh, okay. They got oh, just three fifths. So they have the three fifths. If they got exactly three fifths. So they couldn't ah. lose a single vote if they did bring it back up again. But right. the thing is not a lot of people in the General Assembly are that big fans of John Carney that they might be willing to change their vote because he doesn't like something. Right. To put it out diplomatically um so but all they need was, i don't i can't imagine him vetoing it would change that many things unless basically it would have to be one, or somebody refused to bring it back up or refused a lot to be heard yeah i mean if if he if so i so now i got confused between the two-thirds for the financial aspect of the bill and that well that was also three-fifths but three-fifths was for the financial aspect of the previous bill this is the clean legalization bill right. that doesn't have any financial aspects so it only needed a simple majority but it got three-fifths because there's people who wouldn't vote for the regulation that would vote for the plain weed. Whereas there's people who will vote for the regulation that won't vote for the plain weed and vice versa. So they might each actually have three-fifths of the votes, but both of them together would not have three-fifths. Right. Because we live in a clown show. Yeah, I mean, I guess, so. I mean, really the only... Big uh, move then would be a veto, and then one person changing their changing their vote. Because I mean, can you? I can't imagine because Schwarzkopf's on record, basically telling Edosinski to do this. Like this is the way you can do it. Basically, I mean, he's on. I mean, he's in the paper saying it to Chris Barish, basically. So um, I, I I wouldn't think he wouldn't bring it back up. Um, unless Carney was just like, yeah, you fucked up. You shouldn't have said anything. Um, I, I just think that it's because the the no action actually just brings it like brings it to a close for this round. It just makes it like, okay, that's what they'll do then. Uh, because he's just, like I said, he's a nothing. He's a nobody. So Leobor is probably done for this session. I mean, it's sickening to have to say that, but, I mean, it's just, we have to accept it. Um, we just talked about marijuana. We talked about the um, paid uh, medical and family leave. Um, what else? What, what else is DSA um, sort of focused on legislatively before the session ends? Anything? Um, yeah, I'd say pr- probably the, the number one thing is the um, uh, the Green Amendment uh, oh, introduced right. by one, one of our members, uh, Medina Wilson-Anton. We're friends with them. Yeah, yeah. We love yeah. her. No, she's uh she's she's great. Um but yeah, no, I think that yeah, that's that's kind of our our number one focus and uh you know what it does is like it it adds a constitutional amendment, you know, essentially giving giving the state government an obligation to protect the environment in Delaware. So, you know, sometimes state agencies like Denrac will, you know, essentially use you know, other parts of the Delaware Constitution saying, you know, oh, we have to, you know, be concerned about this economically, 
therefore we're constitutionally prohibited from you know doing this environmentally um you know so th this kind of like balances that out and like it kind of gives it gives citizens uh you know a way to hold the state government you know accountable for for maintaining a a, a better uh environment yeah i mean one of the things that sticks in my crawl uh i've been working with a couple of different sort of researchers and, and folks on it for the Delaware call is the Fort DuPont uh, redevelopment and pre preservation thing that they're doing in Delaware City. And one of the things that bothers me the most, now the whole thing's a public-private partnership scam like they all are, but the thing that bothers me the most, I think, is that they gave away, not only do they give away public land, that happens all the time. They did it in Wilmington for the Transit Center famously, and you know they, they give uh, land to Puccini Pollen Group and all that stuff. Um, but the land they gave away here was protected by, like, the Coastal Zone Act. And so DENREC wasn't supposed to be even be able to give it away. Like, it wasn't even part of that. Now, of course, informing the public-private partnership, the argument is the, the legislation that formed that kind of, it's understood that they could then. But, like, I'm, I'm, I'm very suspicious of or cynical about even this idea that anybody ever gets held accountable for anything like that some that somehow there's going to be in the statute there's going to be language by which you know we're going to be able to say oh 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 right here we passed this uh, green amendment i don't think you can do that and they just go tell us to fuck ourselves you know what I mean? And no, so no, I, no, wonder, I, I wonder I, what I your that. I wonder what your feel like I mean like and, and again I'm not telling you it shouldn't be done. I I support the Green Amendment. I support I think I can't think of anything that Medina's ever done that I don't support. Um but but yeah, I, it was just interesting that you said that because I was just working on that again today and I I always when I hear that phrase like we need we need a mechanism to hold people accountable. It happens in the party all the time too. If we put it in the party platform and then a person in the party doesn't support it it's a it's a way then to get an in on them like we could we could challenge them in a primary or we could you know it's, it's some sort of wedge that we could use i mean but it never seems to be the wedge no i i mean i i hear that i mean i don't, I don't necessarily agree with that comparison because there's a, i mean party platforms is just you know that's just a piece of paper sure. i mean there's, there's no there's no legal authority yeah that's, that. yeah that's fair but you know i i mean w with that said i mean i definitely you know i understand what you're saying i mean of course you know it's only I mean, the, the amendment is as only as good as uh, you know the judges who are you know appointed, you know to to interpret it. I mean, which is which you know underscores the need for you know you not not only um, you know ideally having you know progressive or you know at least more progressive in the form of you know someone like maybe Matt Meyer or something. I know he's been the big uh, you know the the big uh, you know all the buzzes about him to be Carney's successor, you know, in, in the governor's seat in Delaware, but also, you know, in, in the Senate, you know, to pick up, you know, more, you know, progressive senators, you know, who, who will, you know, more so only can, you know, confirm, you know, the judges that are, are going to do the right thing. Let me, let me find this quote because you mentioned Matt Meyer and I don't disagree with you. I've had, um, we've had him in here. I think we've recorded some of them. We've had back and forths on Matt Meyer like like crazy because on one hand, I'm a huge Matt Meyer fan. I um I think what he did in in uh taking down the Gordon machine. <laughs> I don't care about that. I don't I don't care about like I mean I'm glad that he did that because um, you know, Tom Gordon is a fucking joke. <laughs> but but I'm but I'm not I don't I don't look at politics that way like this machine beat that machine I think it's fucking stupid. Um I mean obviously some are better than he's better than Tom Gordon's so I can't deny that but I'm not looking to like settle scores with my with like groups of people I'm just looking to win and do the things I want to do like if just the fact that he beat Tom Gordon it would be bullshit unless you you deliver on something. Right. Now no, I, I, I think I, I think he's delivered on the Hope Center. I think doing orchestrating that through the through the through the county is incredible. I think a lot of the stuff that he did during COVID um, was showed leadership and showed that he had an agenda and he wanted to try to, to do something, which, you know, most people at that level do not. I mean, the governor has no agenda. The governor has no list of priorities. 
The governor has nothing he's working with the legislature on publicly. I mean, that's part of the Delaware way, but he doesn't have that, and Meyer does. Meyer released the body cam or dash cam footage of the murder of Lamont Moses by the Newcastle County Police. I think that was incredibly important. I certainly didn't, I didn't uh, particularly like watching it, um, but, I w- but it, it was an incredibly important thing to do. <clears throat> However, the flip side to that, and he and I and I actually do think that given given the political climate and the pool of people that I think could run, he's the best. However, what he's not going to do is he's not going to challenge capital at all. Ever. And I think I read this quote from from Pete Buttigieg today. I don't know if it's on. I don't know if there's audio of it. I just read it, so I'll paraphrase it. And maybe if there is audio, Carl can cut it in. Fundamentally, we are here because a company was not able to guarantee that its plant was safe, and that plant has shut down. But that is the federal government's job as regulators to help ensure. As regulators, yes. But let's be very clear. This is a capitalist country. The government does not make baby formula, nor should it. Mm-hmm. Companies make formula. And one of those companies, a company which, by the way, seems to have 40% market share, messed up. But, but I look at, I look at um, and I tease him about it. He knows. I mean, look, D- D- Mayor Pete and, and, uh, and, and Matt Meyer have a lot of similarities. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they have a lot of, they rely on some of the same experiences, some of the same rhetoric, um, you know, some of the same, I don't know what you'd call it, like political uh, image, whatever you want to say, like character. Um, you know, they've hung out together. You see photos of them. I think, wasn't he here when they when they raised the, the Ukrainian flag downtown? Um, and they talked about, like, electric buses or something. Which, is, I mean, the Ukrainian flag raising was stupid, but the electric buses is a good idea. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of similarities, and I think, you know, not to... Not to put Pete Buttigieg's words in Matt Meyer's mouth, but that's that's where this discussion has to start going. Do you know what I mean? Because um, yeah, I mean I think Matt Meyer is the most progressive potential candidate that I'm aware of for governor. Um, but a lot of the things that um, we're going to need to see challenged and changed, I don't think he's prepared to do it. <sighs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, at least in, in DSA, I mean, we're kind of, you know, trying to, you know, like, like start small, you know, the, you know, like city council, you know, state, state legislative, you know, levels. And then, you know, hopefully, um, you know, we, we've been uh, lo- looking into, you know, I don't know if we would have formally endorsed, but, you know, we, we've definitely been looking into, you know, school board elections as well. But I mean, you know, ultimately, look, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, you know, as much as I would like to see, you know, like one of our members, like, you know, such as, you know, Eric Morrison or Medina Wilson-Anton, you know, be our next governor. I mean, I know, you know, realistically, that's probably, you know, unlikely to happen, you know, just based on, you know, political experience and the nature of, you know, the Democratic Party in Delaware and all of that. You know, but I mean, I think it's, you know, it's it's important to, you know, it's important to build a bench, you know, in politics and, you know, you know, use it, you know, use people, you know, at the lower levels as, uh you know, like a, like a farm system, uh, you know, and then, you know, and then people can start to, you know, have the time to build their connections, have the time to build name recognition, have the time to, you know, just prepare themselves, you know, to take on capital from, you know, from a higher, oh, yeah. higher level. I mean, yeah, for sure. I, know, I, I mean, think... I'm, I'm, look, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm all for, you know, outsider candidates, but I mean, the, rea- the reality of the situation, especially in a state like Delaware, where incumbency, you know, advantages probably magnified over the rest of the country as a whole, you know, is, you know, you're, you're going to want to, you're going to want to mostly bring people, you know, up through the ranks, you know, and, and get those, you know, political you know, no, inside I, connections. I think that's right. I, I, I mean, I definitely, I mean, starting at, and you named two excellent legislators, um, you know, starting DSA at, members going to yeah, keep shamelessly plugging that. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> um, uh, and I think that that's how it has to, you know, it has to go like that. There is no, there's no socialist uh, uh, politician in Delaware that's going to be governor. 
Like, that's just a fact. And I think, you know, obviously you're right about that. I just hope that I think one of the things that slows up the process um, is not having the, is not talking about it in these terms. Like, and I, I have to check myself. I, I think I'm doing this more for myself because <laughs> I'm the one who usually brings up Matt Meyer because I'm usually a big Matt Meyer defender. And, you know, people have had to, like, say, like, look, uh, you know, these this is, yes, I mean, in reality, uh, as far as a candidate, that's probably the preferred candidate. But, like, no one's going to, no, no, no organization I'm affiliated with is going to endorse him for right. the reasons that I said. And I think it's important to make that, to make that distinction, not yeah. necessarily from an electoral standpoint today, but in a political standpoint going forward two years, four years. Yeah. And I've actually, I've actually talked about this with, um, you know, w- with some people in the chapter too, is like, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to, I'd have to like get in contact with, you know, people from national to see if we could even do this. But I, I, I've, I've always said, as long as I've been a DSA member that, you know, we shouldn't, you know, we should keep endorsing candidates, but we should also have like recommended candidates, right? So somebody like Matt Meyer might be like a recommended candidate, you know, where someone like Marie Pinckney or Larry Lambert might be an endorsed, yeah. uh, you know, candidate. You know, now I, I have to see if, if that's something that, you know, we can just do, you know, as a chapter or if, you know, that's just, you know, goes against some national policy or something. Right. I, I, I'll be honest, like this is, yeah, I've really just started to get this off the ground and I've had right. so much other stuff to worry about, but that's, that's definitely something that I'm looking into. And I think that, yes, no, it, it, it is important. You know, of course, the, the DSA is, you know, unlikely to endorse, you know, someone like Matt Meyer, you know, but, you know, if he's in, you know, a campaign against a, you know, more corporate Democrat, you know, much more corporate Democrat potentially, you know, then I, I think that it, it's important for us to be involved in, you know, helping helping someone like him, you know, win primaries. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, and, and going back to my my original my original idea on this, um, yeah, I'm I'm the person who's usually trying to convince um, sort of leftists or socialists or even like, I mean, uh, trying to convince them of like vote for the social democrat over like the corporate guy. Now, yeah, I mean, he's a capitalist. That's fine, but um, but yeah, I mean, that's this is what this is the hand we're dealt right now. So yeah, I I I feel that. I mean, it's it's playing itself out. Uh, I think a little bit too in Pennsylvania. So the Pennsylvania uh, Senate primary was today. Uh, where is it? Are all the ballots in, or are we just like calling it based? Oh on... no, it's still very early, but so like, Fetterman's st- basically confirmed. Okay. Do you, do you have any idea about the Paul Prescott race? Uh, he's behind in mail-in ballots, but the election day ballots tend to be much more progressive. So, oh, I'm yeah. hoping the. The idea would be like I, I wasn't sure. Carl Carl follows the trends. Yeah. How's, um, <laughs> oh yeah, it's probably polls are probably still open in Oregon, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I I actually um, <laughs> I I used to work in a call center for Oregon's uh, five twenty nine plan, and so I um you know obviously the uh one of the candidates in that uh, the former state treasurer was uh pretty pretty involved in our uh... oh cool yeah yeah so um. I'll use this as an example, and hopefully, you know, Carl can chime in too, because some of these um, some of these electoral campaigns are also organizational opportunities. Um, you're trying to do, you know, sort of grassroots outreach, and it's you can do it because it's focused on issues that are part of a campaign, differentiating yourself from other people in your party, for example. And so I think what Malcolm Kenyatta did was important. Um, I've said, I, and I've said it to people t- who have done it here, like it's part of a larger project. And so it is important to, like, well, like we were talking about before, to be able to differentiate yourself and say, you know, there's there are other ways to do this. And so, you know, I, I people were, you know, I, I think. Sometimes people have a very myopic view of like politics as political campaigns or as electoral politics, and we certainly have to get away uh, from that just overall and start talking about, um, you know, different kinds of organizing, grassroots organizing, advocacy, mater- advocacy about people's material conditions. I mean, you were talking about um, 
you know, advocacy, you know, for legislation that could improve people's material conditions, like the paid, the paid. Right. I mean, that's family. that's what politics is all about at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so but, I'm, I'm not too I'm, – I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what our friends at the Working Families Party did with Malcolm Kenyatta, and I hope, um, you know, I hope it continues to, to, to bear fruit in, in Pennsylvania and here with people sort of signing up and getting, getting involved just like they're doing with the DSA to try to do something to work on the ground. All right. Did you, did you get those Prescott numbers or no? Couldn't find them. He's down 69 to 31 right now. Oh, so he's getting smoked. With 17% in. But it's early vote, so – that tends to skew more, so it'll definitely get closer. I don't know if that that's a pretty big margin, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, uh, I I don't know. I didn't. I I I know that he was a, um, you know, he was a candidate. Everybody was sort of pulling for, but like, what what are the, what were the dynamics in that race? I mean, I. I, I I tend to be to take a very like uh, pessimistic view on a lot of these races because I don't understand what like the districts like. Like I don't, yeah, so, I don't understand what the challenge is. So what 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 was the what's what what was the situation there? Um yeah, so the district is pretty much um uh you know West Philly, Southwest Philly and uh you know Point Breeze, which is uh you know a part of you know the uh South Philly. Yep. And um you know the uh the incumbent uh Anthony Williams, uh you know he pretty much was you know handed down the seat from his father uh you know, about 20 some years ago and yeah 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 um you know and this guy was you know just a, he was a public school teacher at you know kensington you know one of you know uh, one of the roughest areas of the of philly for you know, viewers from outside the, the metro area who might not be familiar with it um you know and he decided to you know quit his job and you know be an organizer with dsa and um you know then uh you know run for this uh run for the senate seat yeah, I mean, it's not. <clears throat> I always think when you when you explain it that way about like sort of a legacy name uh, being challenged by a, a real sort of grassroots candidate. Uh, you know, Cory Bush did that, uh, it took, but it took her a couple tries. You know, so sometimes yeah. it's, sometimes it's longer. Sometimes it's longer than a one. Like a one. Has he run before? Or no? Uh, no, no, no. no. He, it's, he's okay. uh, he's a rookie. Okay, and again, I, I, you know, and I'm. <laughs> Everything I say is usually pessimistic, but that's the kind of races I think work because I think it takes, you know, especially when you're running against, not only you're running against a machine candidate, but you're running against a machine candidate who is in this, has the same name and in the same family as the machine candidate that your parents voted for, you know, so that, that's, and then that's what, again, that's what Cory Bush ran into. And I think maybe, you know, it, it maybe in those situations, it takes a little longer to actually get some traction and for people to see that. Not only do you talk differently, but you're actually um, that those changes would have uh, sort of marked difference in your life. The person's not going anywhere. It's not like a one and done. I think people sort of see that. Um, so you know, I, I I don't I get discouraged by other things. I don't get discouraged by election losses because <laughs> I just don't. You know, I I just guess I have a take. I, def, I take a different. I take a different view of them, I guess. Like, I, I try not to get too bogged down with people's personalities and stuff. But I'm still, I'm st- I still get bummed out every, every so often about it, but not too much. You know, not too much. So what uh, I, I assume, and I admit this is a, maybe this is a bad assumption, um, that you guys are already sort of like uh, talking to candidates, maybe doing some vetting, do- doing some setup work for the campaign, the approaching campaign. Is there any any of that that you like to talk about at all? Um. So there's not 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 really on an official basis. Gotcha. No. But I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, c- certainly uh, individual members, you know, including myself, have certainly been, uh, you know, doing that. And you know, obviously, you know, you know, continuing our work with our our members and uh, you know endorsed candidates who are who are you know currently holding office as well. Uh, but no, like, like I said, I mean, I, I really. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't trying to be coy or anything when, no, I, no. When, when, when I said earlier that we're we're really you know a lot more focused on legislative stuff right now. Um, but like like I said, you know, once uh, you know six weeks from now, that'll that'll totally be changed. Yeah, of course. You know. what's the what's what's the status of the uh, the Green Amendment that's that's still uh, up? I mean, is it gonna 
Does it have? I mean, Carl usually tracks this stuff too. What, what, what do you feel? I mean, are people whipping votes? Do you feel good about it, or is it just something that's going to take three years to do? Well, it's going to take at least two years because it has to pass in two different sessions. Right. Uh, but okay. oh, right, right, right. You know, it's going to be that. up in admin committee when we get back from break in June. Uh, I know that there's at least two or three Republicans that are, I'd say, leaning yes or undecided at the very worst. And I think there could be some more, especially if the farmers get on board. Uh, so I think if it, if things come together, it should be able to pass this year um, for the first slide. Cause the issue is if it doesn't pass this year, then it would have to pass in 2023 and 2025 because the session starts every two years. So uh, right, yeah, right. It, it, it's, it's like right, two, right, two right. separate sets of legislatures. Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. like, years. there's a lot of people doing great work. Uh, Carrie's group, down in Kent and Sussex are doing stuff. Rachel Gregoire with um, WFP, she's um, doing a lot of stuff on this as well. She's been talking to a lot of people. Carrie has been talking to a lot of people. Medina obviously has been doing a lot of work in terms of getting different groups and different legislators on board. So I think, um, I'm not going to say it's a set thing or anything, but I think it's, if I had to guess now, I'd say it's more likely than not going to pass. Well, that's that's good news. Uh, because I, I don't think... <clears throat> You know, the other the other thing we get into, and it goes back to sort of the Mayor Pete comment about like the way things are and this is like if if you ask people if you ask people to come out and vote and you make a big deal about these uh these campaigns and these elections and then you you don't see progress over the course of a couple of years, um, I could see why people are like, Hey, it's more of the same. You know, just because we know that, you know, We've won a handful of elections with leftist insurgents. If you know, if if nothing if nothing gets passed that people can really sink their teeth into, then it's hard it's hard to make could go out and continue to make the argument every time when you don't you have no results. You know, it's like uh, yep. vote blue. There's nothing we can do. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's uh, kind of kind of like kind of, kind of like treading water. You know, you're not you're, you know you're not 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 drowning, but you know you're not really not really going anywhere either. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and again, I, I'm, I, I said it, I said it when it passed, and I'll say the same thing. My, I haven't, my, you know, we did a, we did a show last session about it, uh, about paid, uh, family leave and medical leave, and I'm glad that, um, that it passed. Um, it was watered down a little bit, but at least you know people now, I use I, and, and here's the problem. I used to be of the, of the mind that once you had something. Um, it was hard to take it back. I don't believe that anymore because they take stuff back all the time now. Um, you know, child tax credit. You know, you're on the federal level. Yeah, they, they I, did I, it. I, they did it in Delaware that, with, that, the, that really with the bail. They did it in Delaware with the bail reform. They chipped away at it. So you know, I'm not. <clears throat> you know, I'm not kicked in the ass about it, but I'm glad that it passed. But I don't. Here's the thing. I don't know. In that version, you can. You can. You can do a parade about it. You can release. You can do as many press conferences as you want. Have as many photos as you want. Has as many have as many retweets as you want. And you know, I know Sarah McBride is 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 a is a is a is a decent legislator. She's my state senator. Mine but, too. But but the fact of the matter is that you could take as you can talk about it all you want. The fact is, people need to have taken advantage of it. People need to to be able to know that it's there and use it. And I think in this in this form, I don't think a lot of people are going to realize that. You know, for the people, it's always one of those things where for the people who need it, or the people who qualify for it, or the people that are in the right position to get it, it's great. And people do appreciate that, that people have that opportunity, but it's not it's not enough. To be able to uh, claim a huge victory, because not yeah, enough, I mean, not, because not enough people are going to be able to take advantage. I mean, I, I hear that, but I mean, there's, you know, there, there's, I mean, if we're being honest, I mean, there, there's really not much that could meet the definition of like really meaningfully impacting like over fifty percent of people's lives within one given election cycle. You know, maybe something like a stimulus check. Okay, maybe maybe like if you know if we got Medicare for all, you know, obviously that would have to be at a federal level. You know, but I mean, like, I, like I, I hear what you're yeah, saying, no, I, and no, like the, the the delay in implementation, you know, concerns me for that reason. Um, you know, but I, I mean, I think, um, you know, what what you're asking for is for you know real substantial change in over fifty percent of people's lives at the state level. I mean, I, you know, I just, 
I mean, I'll, like, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, forget Delaware. I don't really see anywhere in the country where that's that can be done within a two-year election cycle. Oh, I mean, like, I, I, I think you're, you're probably you're probably right, and I think that's part of the electoral problem people have. I mean, and do the, the uh, minimum wage is another great great example. It phases in in, th- in three years or something. Uh, right, but at, know, le- from, at least with that, they're raising it like little by little at yeah, a time. Yeah, I, I suppose so. I suppose so, and I, and I guess that's been overshadowed by the fact that, you know, it's a it's a sort of a an an employee's market right now and i think you know wages do seem to be going up but again they've got they've got they've got consumer prices have also gone up for a lot of stuff so you know i I don't know again if you don't take an aggressive aggressive stance on these things and and again maybe maybe you're right it's just not something that's feasible at this time like within a couple of sessions you cannot you can't just cannot do it um but i i guess i wish there were uh more in the discourse, this idea that a lot of there's a lot of backslapping over very little small things. I guess if oh we, yeah, no, that's we, that's definitely Delaware for you. Yeah, like <laughs> if I see another like again, and 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 I and I think I get a bad reputation. Well, I get an earned reputation because I think people don't understand what the fuck it is I'm doing in here. But but yeah, I mean, I don't want to see victory laps. Over like a, th- a three-year tiered-in minimum wage increase to fifteen dollars, like that's literally the bare fucking minimum. Like th- the thing that passed with th- the thing that's going to pass with if it passes with the marijuana, the thing that passed with paid family and medical leave. They're all good. Those three things are good, but I don't like a lot of victory laps and glory hunting over what B-minuses. I consider to be the B- yeah you you, you passed. <laughs> so, so what is the appropriate? response from like grassroots activists who have worked a lot of hours to pass these policies well no, maybe, i think the grassroots so, so, my, so, so, sorry go ahead no no you go first no i i was just going to say in, in in my opinion that I, I would just say you know just to you know to to celebrate but not exuberantly and with a reminder that, that more work needs to be done yeah i mean um you ever been in a fist fight like I, a used, real fist I, fight. I, I, I used to get in fights all the time when I was yeah. younger. Carl, you ever been in a fist fight? I have not. Okay. I've been in a few of my... I'm a little older. They were a little more common when I went to school. Sometimes you come out of a fight and you've won it. Uh, but there's not a lot of celebrating. And again... you're still beat up. You still, got the, shit, you still yeah. got the shit kicked out of you. you yeah. um, so I, I guess my response to the grassroots organizers who who did it is I'm I'm glad that if it wasn't for you nothing would have happened. So like the 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 marginal improvement is uh, is only based on those folks who did that. It's certainly not really based on any of the I mean and any of the politicians. Some of them were were more helpful than others. Well, I'd say the WFP and DSA politicians were pretty helpful about it. Correct. So and, and some other ones. You know, certainly you know Azinski on the uh, marijuana yeah, bill. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sa- so, Sarah McBride on but the again, uh, family. But again, if you're if if you know, if I I mean I'm uh, I would never like say something like uh, that. Aggressors activists didn't do a good job, but but I don't think I think what they do. Is the same whether I mean they're going to do it whether they win or lose. I, I'm glad that you know they got some progress on some issues, but if a grassroots activist is expecting, uh, you know, uh, us to have a fucking a barbecue um, over you know the things that got passed this year, I'm not fucking impressed. I mean, I don't think they should be impressed. Now, again, politicians are going to act like everybody should be impressed because they're in the business of getting more votes. Grassroots activist is in the business of taking the next step, you know, organizing more people to get something else done. Uh, I mean, I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm not, and I hope that that's not taken in a disparaging way. As, as you said, I think the WFP and the DSA uh, and all of these other groups that have, that have done this advocacy and have started to get traction should feel they should redouble their efforts. They should feel even more motivated because they're starting to get traction. But all traction means is you can start to move forward. You haven't you haven't really 
Go, you, maybe you're getting into second gear and the tires are starting to grab. Yeah, you know, I, that, that's a perfect way of describing it, second gear. You know, I, I was just thinking, you know, over the past few days that it's like, you know, like this Delaware DSA chapter is Andy Powers' baby, right? And now that now that I'm in the driver's seat, you know, it's a it's a toddler, right? So it's like, you know, like I'll be honest, you know, there's sometimes when I just want to like scream and like have a toddler tantrum. But on the other hand, you know, there's really so much energy, you know, just like a toddler, you know, that they're like you know, running around like a like a freaking pinball machine. You know, they got they got endless energy, you know. So I think I think what's most important is, you know, holding on to that energy, harnessing that energy, you know, especially, you know, for now in an election year and then, you know, re maybe recharging, you know, take a little preschool nap, you know, in the lame duck period and then. Boom! Be right, 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 right back ready to go come the next legislative session, which you know probably more can get done in since it's not an election year. Yeah, I mean, Carl, do you think I'm? Um, you're a grassroots activist. You were out canvassing today. Uh, I, I mean, what what position do you take on it? I mean, do you do you think that that's a? Uh, am I being insulting so to I say think that? Or, or it depends on the scope of it as well because. Well, yeah, and I think paid family medical leave versus like Leobor, I think, is a interesting, a great, or uh, I want to use that as sort of like the, the a, two examples. An, an, uh, uh, yeah, examples. Yeah, because for example, if we did all this and then like SB one forty nine as SS one for SS SB one forty nine or whatever it is passes, I would say that would be a situation where it's like we should like that's more of a situation where it's like. That's getting out of a fist fight. It's like we we passed something, but nobody's feeling good about it. Right. Um, whereas like a SS two for SB one, because they had two substitutes on that one. That's one where it's like I don't say this is much of a fist fight. Like we definitely lost stuff, but it's a pretty significant step forward in terms of like the policy. Like it's not what it should be, and part of that's because of our wonderful governor John Carney, um, but also just because of the Chamber of Commerce and you know the. Kent County assholes and all them. But like that is one where I think it's more of a sort of what you're saying of like a this is a stepping point. And I think that's one where people can celebrate because it's going to mean a very real material change for a lot of people. That's my I, I guess people say a it's lot of people. It's not everybody, but it's a lot of people. It's a majority yeah. of Delawareans. Is that what it is? I yeah. mean a majority so okay. Cool. Uh, I, I mean I, maybe I don't like, know enough about the specifics. I thought that got dragged back a little bit, but well, it's de it definitely got dragged back because it would have been like ninety percent of Delawareans, but okay. now it's like 70 percent effective. Okay. 70 percent affected by what? I'm sorry. Uh, the paid, paid family medical leave. Oh, right, right, right. Because right, right, most right. businesses in Delaware are less than twenty five employees, but most employees in Delaware work for something that's more than that. Right. You know, it's like the the Pareto principle. You know, yeah. like it's like eighty percent of employees work for the top twenty percent yeah. of companies. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know the exact yeah, numbers, so but it's wanna, a majority. I'm glad you I'm glad you kind of broke it down like that because I, I don't I certainly don't want and and I as I said before, it's certainly going to be a benefit for people. There's no question about that. Unlike um you know, Leobor watered down actually doesn't do anything. Um, frankly, I'm I'm still not convinced that this mar that this marijuana legalization does anything either. That I think is that's another one where I think it's fair based on the actual content of the legislation. Yeah, I I, I don't think it's going to do very much. But back to the the other big win this session was the was the 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 minimum wage and and by the standard of by the standard we talked about before that also is that's that is a step forward. Because it's putting us on a path to, you know, to increases. But again, it's putting us on a path to increases during a time where Though, yeah, consumer with, prices are going up. With inflation, like, I think, honestly, we probably need to come back in 2023 and say... 20 bucks. fifty. Yeah, 15 bucks does not mean what it did when we passed this bill. We need to increase it to 20 bucks. Yeah, and then it'll take another 12 years to do that. Yeah, but if we win more <laughs> victories... Right, it won't, because it won't. we passed $15 minimum in the first place, exactly. then we have more leverage to do bigger things. Yeah, for, yeah fair enough. I mean, that's the that's the... And I guess that's what we always talk about here, that it's a it's a process. It's um, you know you're already thinking ahead. You're talking about oh I'm going to you know do this with the DSA now as a toddler, but then we're going to go through sort of a lame. We're going to do you know everybody's getting elected this term. Then there's going to be sort of a lull for a few years. I mean you're already thinking ahead uh, because I think that that's the idea. You know we have to get people on board with 
the program, the full process, not just a one-shot like we elected this person and we're gone. We need to continue to, to funnel those people into, the, into, into Leg Hall. And, and, we're, and we will see this kind of stuff. We'll actually see stuff that has some teeth to it, you know. Well, let's let's wrap it up. Let's give. Uh, I want to uh, make sure everybody has all of the DSA, uh, the website, the Facebook, all that stuff. Um, what kind of stuff can they um, get into right now? If somebody wants to sign up and get into it now, um, how do they do it? Give us all the deets. Okay. Um. Yeah. So for 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 people who are um, you know, interested in uh, in joining uh, you know, the the Delaware DSA. Um, you know, you'll feel free to uh, like our page on Facebook. Uh, it's a uh, you know Delaware Democratic Socialists of America, and it's got the uh, combination of like the you know the the red rose DSA logo with like the Delaware state flag diamond in the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, to actually join, uh, you have first have to be a national member. Um, you know, paying a minimum of uh, five dollars dues a month. Um, so or um, you know, sixty a year. Um, and, uh, so for that, you go to, uh, dsausa.org. Uh, um, and then, um, yeah, if, if you want to join the, uh, the local chapter, um, you know, f- feel free to, uh, you know, you can message on, uh, Facebook, you know, either me, Jonathan Tate, my co-chair, Philip Banowski, or the page itself. Um, yeah, or you can, you can always email, uh, delaware.socialists at gmail.com. And that's Delaware.socialists at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we have a uh, we have a uh, website of our own as well uh, that hasn't been super active lately, but um, it's there. It's a uh, dedsa.org. Um, you know, and you can uh, you know you can find the the link to to get involved up there and everything too. Um, you know, they, they have the links to, you know, to sign up for the national and to, to reach out. Um, yeah, we also have a, uh, our own Twitter account as well. Um, you can, uh, follow us there at, at Delaware DSA. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I everybody's got to, um, uh, sort of find their pocket. Um, we, we talk about it all the time here with different issues, different campaigns, everything locally, but. Like, everybody's kind of got to find their... Niche? Yeah. Like, you know, see what you like, but you have to get involved in some fashion. You know, you, you, you have to join up with other people, um, and you and you have to sort of do do the work to, to make... To, to get us out of this capitalist sort of jam-up that we're in. Um, some people might not... You know, some people just just for whatever reason want to do more, you know, electoral work, or want to do more issue work, or want to, you know, work more more projects or something specialized. But you know, try to stuff out. You know, check out the DSA. I know. You know, I think I think a lot of people have a sort of an impression of just DSA in general. Uh, it's probably wrong. Um, you know, every chapter is different. Every chapter does, you know, has different sorts of people and, and has different strategies and things they're trying to do. Yeah, no, the chapters are very, very independent. Yeah. Certainly. Um, you know, I mean, you know, there's definitely, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, you know, something like a, a Delaware chapter, you know, that has, uh, you know, we, we have about 90, uh, 90 members, you know, whereas, I mean, you know, there, there's some, you know, there's some, you know, in more rural parts of the country that are, you know, really small and might, you know, might only have like 15 you know, but then there's, you know, some in, you know, somewhere like New York City that might have, you know, thousands and have, you know, like, you know, grand, you know, like, you know, committees of every, you know, branch of, you know, like central yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Something. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Delaware, yeah, I mean, yeah, we just, you know, we're pretty, you know, medium, small chapter. Uh, you know, we just have two branches. Uh, we had separate ones for Kent and Sussex, but, you know, obviously given the political demographics, you know, there's, you know, a lot more people up, up here in Newcastle County. So we're our own branch. And then we, we decided to merge the... Kent and Sussex branches because there was just yeah an I'm just glad that there is a amount of people there's a for... specific you know Kent and Sussex sort of operation I know yeah. everybody I, I'm I'm big on that um, I I'm talking to you know Carrie all the time uh, I'm you know trying to highlight you know stories uh, from Kent and Sussex and so I'm just glad that and you know Network Delaware has uh, organizers in Kent and Sussex I'm just glad that people are taking the time to to recognize. You know that's a that that needs to be you know 
people need to be met where they are, you know, and not everybody's going to, not everybody's going to come, to, you know, and, and have the same sort of ideas as like sort of affluent white guys in Wilmington, really. Um, so, no, I think that's awesome. I'm glad. And, and I'm not, I, like I said, I'm glad DSA is doing it and everybody seems to to really understand that dynamic, uh, which is good. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's. um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, especially, uh, you know, living in Brandywine 100. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's hard for me to, you know, really do much downstate. So I'm really glad that, you know, I, I, you know, I, I have, you know, a, you know, de- delegated, you know, downstate point person and our political secretary, uh, Adam Kelly, who's also a great guy. He's, uh, he, he's downstate as well. And he helps out with, uh, with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I've, um, met, I've met him a few times. Yeah. No, he's, uh, he's, he, he's a great guy. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, it's it's funny. You know, when I first, uh, you know, when I first was really, you know, getting ready to, you know, take this over, you know, once once Andy told me that he wasn't going to, you know, finish out his three years, you know, I was really looking, you know, researching deep in the situation of, you know, okay, you know, like, like who are our electeds, you know, who's in WFP and, you know, you know, I, I think it's literally like we're, we're actually like electorally speaking, kind of like a circle within WFP, if you look at, like, a Venn diagram. You know, so I was kind of questioning, you know, it's like, you know, like, like, what's our point? You know, should we just merge with these people? You know, but then, you know, I think that there's really the national, the national advantage too, right? DSA is in all 50 states and D.C., you know, and, I mean, WFP, I mean, I, I think what you guys are doing is great. I mean, obviously, you know, you've made more, you know, electoral progress, you know, than we have. But at the end of the day, I mean, you guys kind of have, like, a patchwork. You know, you're, you're not in all 50 states. So, you know, I think that that kind of, you know, you without that national, with the national branding that DSA has, you know, and the, the type of energy that that can bring and, you know, the potential to, you know, in competitive races, um, you know, bring in, you know, like motivate, you know, out of state people to, you know, do stuff like phone banking and, and donations and stuff. I think that's, that's really powerful and important. Um, you know, I think one of the advantages I have from being up here, you know, as well as my personal connections from going to college up in Philly at Temple is, um, you know, like I've been working, you know, with, with people I know, you know, that are in the, in the Philly DSA, you know, to start, you know, kind of encouraging more sort of, you know, cross pollination. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, which I mean, you know, I mean that, that's not Andy's fault. I mean, he's from like Dover. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he's not going to know anybody, you know, up there. He's not going to, you know, have the, the context or the ease of, you know, physically getting there that, that I do. But, you know, I mean, that's an advantage that I have and that's, um, yeah, that's really something that I've been uh, looking to build on. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely room for different organizations. I'm I'm very very happy with, like you said, on the WFP side that they've been able to grow to not only uh, get electoral victories but also be able to sort of um, leverage other organizing that like Network Delaware has done, and, and so they helped them before WFP sort of came in and branded it, and then D- Delaware United sort of came in and, and merged with them. But I, but keeping it separate because there's a sort of national brand doing one thing, I think that that's fine. I think I do think it's funny that you said that. I actually think that at some point it could. I'm not saying this will definitely happen, but this differentiation we're making between the Democrats and the and the two different kind of Democrat, because obviously we're doing all this within the Democratic Party. I mean, uh, it happened in Pennsylvania today. We're talking about DSA uh, legislators, for example, in Dover that are that are in the Democratic Party. Right. Um, Pete Schwarzkopf's in the Democratic Party. You know. So at some point that. Um, that dialectic is going to have to be resolved in some fashion. Well, you know, now, look, what's going to happen? That's my that's that's the long, long term thing. Look, I mean, what, what you know, uh, you know, you know, each you know period of time, you know, each era, each election cycle, you know, however you want to define it, you know, at the end of the day, one side's going to win and one side's going to lose. I mean, you know, if you have, you know, if if you have first past the post voting, right? I mean, you know, th- third parties just aren't viable on a long-term basis unless you do what England does and have, you know, much, much smaller, you know, constituencies than, than you would typically find in, in the States. Yeah, you know, it depends. But I, I, here's, I think, what, here's what I think. You want to know what I think? Okay. Oh, no, you go first. No, I, I was just going to say, but, you know, I, I like, you know, third parties that, you know, try to, like, like what the Vermont Progressive Party does, I think is so great because they're like, okay, you know, we're in a sapphire blue state, you know, so we're going to, like... 
you know, we're going to go in these areas where there's really no no real Republican opposition and just have our own party that's just straight up to the to our own party to the left of the Democrats don't have anything to do with the Democrats. You know, maybe caucus is, you know, a coalition to form a majority, but that gives a massive amount of leverage that, you know, you know, you know, even you know, being a WFP member or a DSA member who's you know under the banner, you know, on the ballot fundamentally as as a Democrat, you know, you don't necessarily have that same kind of uh, you know leverage to maybe get you know number two spots in you know con- you know conferences or get you know coveted committee chairmanships or, or that kind of thing. So you know, I'm not I'm not necessarily an anti third party person. I just don't necessarily think that nationally based third parties. You know, or third parties really in, in Delaware, frankly, are not necessarily the the way to go. At least, at least within the you know the next generation. Yeah, and again, I, I'm I'm not necessarily anti third party, but I agree with everything you said. It's it's not you know it's 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 certainly not in the short term. I don't think going to do any you know going to going to do anything in the short term. But like I said, in the long term, does it make sense um, to just say, look? Uh, you know, we're not, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever, to, regardless of what Mayor Pete Buttigieg thinks, I'm not a capitalist. Go fuck yourself. You know, and, and uh, like, obviously you wouldn't say that at a door or something. I mean, put that on paper. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is it's, it's very, I, it's, I see this um, contradiction with saying we can do all of this different stuff, uh, but not only sometimes fail to deliver as we talked about before but also but also we're actually just we're part of it anyway and so people are very suspicious of it and so again it's just it's a contradiction um we're gonna i'm gonna luckily you're younger you might you might be able to figure it out uh i'll probably be dead (laughs) <laughs> but, but you and Carl, I have uh, this is what gives me the one thing that does give me hope is that when we started this like three years ago, um, you know, we did it and did it, and I, it was it worked, and, I, and I'm still not having you know, it's still growing. You know, the 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 or, the organizing still being done. We're still finding candidates. We're still pushing for progressive legislation, and it's not stopping. And so as long as that work continues, we just have to be ready to um, to step on the gas when the, when the traction starts and the, and the tires really start to dig into the into the ground. We got to be ready to, with our hands on the wheel to steer it in the right direction because it's starting to happen, I think. And so, yeah. Jonathan, I'm very glad you came in. I'm very glad to be here and um you know, just uh yeah, hope uh, hope everybody listening is uh you know, wa- walking away with more knowledge than they came in with, and um, you know, just uh, yeah, it's it's been great, great to great to do this. Well, it's good having you in, and um, yeah, just everybody, I just want to give you one last uh, one last reminder: um, Patreon.com/slash The Highlands Bunker. Next week, we're talking to Hal Weitzman. Uh, he wrote the book "What's the Matter with Delaware." We're going to be raffling off five signed copies of that to folks who are patrons on the 15th of june for current patrons current paying patrons at five dollars a month or more you're automatically in it so congratulations you guys you're in this you could potentially win a signed copy of this book how about that so um whether you are uh you know in dsa whether you're in uh, wfp whether you're thinking about getting into one of these organizations um doesn't matter because left is best